podcast. Third well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan, and welcome to Third Degree the Podcast. Uh, Peter is not with us again, so you've got my weird voice. Uh, hi, I'm Dan. And uh, as always, the reason that you've uh, come to join us every week, the man, the myth, the legend, Buzz Carrick. Hi, Dan. Uh, by the way, right off the top, I have a red-hot piecing breaking news that I got to get in really quickly. And that is, congratulations, my dude, on your engagement. Thank you. I also have something red-hot to get off my chest, and that is that this 93rd episode of Third Degree to Podcast is brought to you by the guys at Soccer 90. Uh, if you want to get your uh, your nice football clobber, I promise I will never use that phrase again, there's 40% off site-wide for all Third Degree to Podcast listeners with the promo code THIRDDEGREE, that's 3RD DEGREE, on Soccer90.com. Yeah, they, they were super excited for your engagement, and they decided to extend that uh, special another week so that everyone could take advantage and celebrate your uh, pending nuptials, my dude. Ah, uh, what heroes. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you very much. Peter was in such shock that he had to take a week off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he got laid up completely by that news. <laughs> ah, phrasing, phrasing. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, uh, pe- people aren't here to, he- uh, to hear about my life, so what about uh, a certain Mr. Reynolds? Yeah, well, some news dropped today. Um, you know, it's interesting, Dan, as, uh, as, as a follow along this, you can, you can sort of tell where information comes from, you know, like who drops it out there, who leaks it out there. You know, um, the two things that hit today were earlier today, there was a bunch of reports that came out that said that um, Roma had upped their offer and had put a five-year, $1 million per year offer in front of Brian. As you know, I already reported that he had agreed to terms with, with the Juve, excuse me. And the Roma report also included this idea that there was a $7 million uh, deal on the table with bonuses for FC Dallas. Now, we've talked on this podcast, was it two weeks ago, Dan, where we talked about how Roma is FC Dallas's favorite because of their relationship with the owner between Dan Hunt and, and Roma's owner who owns the Toyota that is the sponsor of Toyota Stadium. So that's an important thing to understand that FC Dallas's favorite is Roma with a secondary favorite on their part. This part's the speculation on my part, these two things. That the secondary favorite for them is Club Bruges because of their the opportunity to do other things with Bruges. That's a club that's willing to talk and do stuff and take players and all that kind of things. Juventus, of course is the team that's been in the favorite seat all along. And I've reported that they've actually agreed personal terms with Brian Reynolds, which is how they choose to do things. They do that first. So today, late today, Fabrizio Romano, who of course is the big time, huge Italian reporter that everybody uh, admires like Wojo here, you know, with all the drop in the details, he said that, uh, that Juve has upped their offer to 7 million as well, euros to Dallas, which if you remember, Dan, I originally reported that they were they were going to come in between six and eight, so that's right in the middle there. Uh, and they've mentioned, and uh, Fabrizio mentioned the other thing that I reported, which was the Cagliari loan deal had fallen apart, and that that was the big hangup uh, on the Juve move. You know, right before the new year, that was the hangup that delayed things. Now he said that 
Benevento, I'll probably read that wrong. Benevento is the other team that has a non-EU slot available. And so the Juve has apparently worked out with that club, which is the only club left they had a choice uh, to take him on for six months. And then he would join uh, Juve in the summer. So there's some things in there about he'll be alone to one team and then the buy will happen and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, these details are being ironed out, but that's, that's basically the latest. And um, what I think is the most interesting overall is it seems like one of the things that held up Roma being involved aggressively was that their technical director was that our new technical director wasn't going to come in until January 1st. And it looks like FC Dallas has slow played this enough that he showed up and has gotten involved you know, because we got the news of their their offer coming out, which he obviously was involved with, I would assume. And then we got the news this afternoon, which clearly is a leak from the Juventus side uh, to Fabio Fabrizio with their information. So both of those teams are trying to push this thing over the line now. Uh, and I'm sticking with my original report, which was that Brian has agreed to, or his camp or his agents, whatever, it's not Brian himself, they've agreed personal terms with Juve. So Juve is still the leader, still the favorite, and I think that's where it's going to end up being. Uh, but, you know, it's not over. Um, there was even a couple of nibbles that floated this morning that Bayern Munich is now sniffing around. And, of course, that could complicate things greatly if they come sniffing in at the last second. Uh, so this window is ends February 1st, so they're going to have to get a little bit of a move on, but I'm sure that it'll happen. I'm confident it'll happen. Yeah, and it's, it's probably worth mentioning, uh, you know, Italian roster rules like MLS are completely ridiculous. Um, you know, we talk about these non-EU uh, roster spots that Italy have. Uh, each team has three or four. Uh, they can only bring in a new non-EU player, uh, two non-EU players each window. So uh, I can't remember who uh, the first one was, but was, or the, the second one, actually, because the first one was Weston McKinney. Um, you know, meaning that Juventus has to find somewhere for for Brian to play. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be in Italy, but if you're buying a guy to play in Serie A, you want to see him play in Serie A. Um, you know, so you know when you were talking about Cagliari had a spot, Benevento had a spot, and it's one of the complications to stop teams like Juventus from from doing this. Uh, from sort of stocking players is you can't just offload a guy to another team because your international spot doesn't free up your international spot stays with that player and goes to the other team so the loan is kind of there's two ways they could do it technically they could have uh like a benevento or someone actually well actually no they couldn't even do that because you can't play for three clubs in a year um so yeah the only thing they can really do is is that short-term loan as you mentioned yeah, this is where uh, two weeks ago, Dan, we talked about this. This complication of where he goes for a short period of time yeah. is the sticking point right now. The biggest sticking point, the, the numbers being worked out with Dallas, they're all in the same vicinity, right? Seven million, you know, ish euros. So it's just the details that are getting done, you know, and, and when you have multiple teams bidding like this, in the end, the player is picking. You can't force a guy to go somewhere. Brian is going to pick where he wants to go. His people are you know, with him, of course, he's involved and, and, and what he says is going to be the winner. So, you know, I, I'm going to stick with my Juve prediction. What, could it be Roma? Could it be Bruce? Absolutely. It could be, but the terms are there with Juve and that's what's progressing. As far as I know, the, my information coming to me is that's what's progressing and everybody else is just trying to get in and hoping that 
it falls apart for some other reason, you know, and, and even Dallas has their own horses in this race that, you know, they like to overcomplicate things. They want to put in these buy-ons. They want to put in, you know, can we bring another player to on a loan? Can we send a kid over? You know, they like to complicate things. So it's not done, but no, it wasn't some, done before. So something I've, I've been asked. Um, I don't think it was on the Q and a, which was excellent last week. Thank you. Patreon subscribers for some great questions and thank you buzz for some great answers you're welcome um was one thing i've been asked uh, a couple of times is well why aren't fc dallas just accepting the highest bid and you mentioned the complications that fc dallas may want to get something back for it you've mentioned in the past the bio uh the the sell-on clause that you know some one club may say okay we'll give you 20% of the profit. Another may say, we'll give you 30% outright. Um, there's also, and people who've played f- like the football manager games will be familiar with it, that you can do monthly installments, you can do add-ons that are, you know, after he's played X amount of games and, you know, it's got to be what's, you know, obviously Andre Zanotta is looking at what's best for FC Dallas, not necessarily what's best for right this second yeah the complications of when money show up could certainly be a issue you know dallas is trying to do activities in this window if one of these clubs is offering money now versus offering in the summer that that could be a huge factor in terms of fc dallas's desires you know you can also run into things in terms of what uh, the the people you're doing business with not everybody is as reliable about sending them money when they're supposed to or paying their players when they're supposed to every league is different in every part of the world so you know i, I don't think you would question juventus or roma or club bruges but uh, you never know these these deals could have all kinds of uh, riders that we don't know about related to when the money's going to show up or not show up and how much it's going to show up at once you know sometimes as you say they could be over a period of time, like who wants to get their payments over five years or something like that? You know, that's not what FC Dallas is going to want in an era where MLS just lost a billion dollars and Dallas is trying to buy players from other countries, you know? Yeah. And there's even silly things like uh, which currency is the transfer actually in? Because that 7 million euros now may be a different dollar amount uh, today than it is six months down the line so if there's installments or delayed payments or anything that that could drastically change the value for for fc dallas absolutely oh well speaking of uh of guys uh, with a little bit of uh news about them um we've seen some stuff from espn even about uh tanner testman yeah actually the, the that that's a funny bit uh, again getting back to the idea about where reports come from and where the sources come from. And and that's one way you should look at all these articles is the next two news stories are going to have to do that. We're going to talk about after this particular one, tell you something about this story, this, this Tanner Tessman Byron story. So the other two stories, which we'll get to affect this one, because when I look at this, I think to myself, if I'm an agent and I know my player was in the mix for Byron training stint and now isn't going People are going to be like, oh, why is Tessman not going? You know, especially with the news of the U23 camp not out at that time. So if you're an agent trying to create a profile and trying to create hype for your player, you leak out the idea that he was going to go to Bayern and they wanted him to come so that when it breaks that he's not going, people will still know that he was going, you know, and won't think less of him and will think more of him. So these things are all interconnected. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you, you obviously are referencing uh, the six homegrowns that are set to, to go to Bayern Munich uh, for another training stint, uh, Thomas Roberts for his fourth, uh, Brandon Savania for his second or third. Second. Uh, which means he'll miss the Puerto Rico national team camp. Uh, Ricardo Pepe with his second, Edwin Sorio with, I think, his second as well. Yep. Uh, and then Dante Seeley and just, uh, Justin Che. Yeah, this was actually surprisingly pleasant because I assumed, uh, obviously incorrectly, that it would just be Tessman and Ju- and Justin Che, um, the two guys that hadn't been exposed yet. I mean, Roberts is going for the fourth time, you know. So it's it's awesome to see that uh, Bayern Munich is still willing to take these guys, uh, uh, you know, all of them back from multiple occasions. I mean, Ricardo Pepe is going to want some redemption. You remember when he went last time? He got hurt like two days into the thing and didn't and really didn't even get the opportunity. Um, so it's super exciting to see these guys get this opportunity. Now, these guys are all the ones towards the bottom of the FC Dallas roster. They're the ones that have not, other than Tessman, who obviously isn't in it now but would have been, they're all guys that haven't really made that leap across except for Pepe. Pepe's the only one that plays consistently off the bench but still plays consistently. So all these other guys are dudes that they're so interested in developing. And and this Byron training stance are a big part of – pushing younger players who aren't getting the minutes, putting them out of their comfort zones, putting them in a different environment, putting them out there with some different kind of methodology, some different training and see how they react. And it's a really huge deal, but it raises the question, Dan, when these guys come back, do they just go back to these garbage minutes or no minutes, or do they go back to North Texas? I mean, what do they do with them? I I think something's got to give here. Don't you that, that, that some of these dudes are not getting anywhere near the PT that they need. Yeah, and and uh, I think you you've talked a little bit about uh, Thomas Roberts, uh, you know, maybe chasing a loan out of the country or at least out out of Dallas. Uh, you know, I think we one of the things we heard around his third stint was that that was kind of like the now or never trial to maybe get a spot at Bayern. Um, you know, he's had a, he's had a couple of training stints. He's now going back there and just. You know, North Texas doesn't serve him any purpose at this point. He's he's way above it. Um, the only real thing you can get out of it is is seeing how he can play consistently. And you know, he he grabbed that consistency by the end of the season. So, um, you know, and even speaking to Eric Quill, um, uh, he'd actually mentioned that uh, Serio and and Roberts were two guys that that he was really impressed with their mindset and not viewing it as taking a backward step, but just a necessary step to get time and to, you know, make the best of what's a kind of a bad situation, going from, you know, having a good run in the first team to then going and playing USL. Yeah, yeah. Roberts last year did a nice job embracing that. But basically since he's decided to uh, take responsibility for his own self in, in the sense of like going and working with an outside trainer to get stronger and fitter, like since that mindset change, he's been, I think, terrific both for North Texas and 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 training. I hear I haven't seen it obviously, but it's what I hear. Uh, and Cirillo at the very end of the North Texas season made a jump forward in terms of his performance. But um, you know Dante Seeley, because he didn't have the antibodies, apparently was not able to go down, so he missed out a lot. Justin Che, I imagine, will spend the bulk of next season with North Texas, but you can't really expect Cervania to go back down there the guy's got a senior national team camp he's 
He said, I'm not going down there. Oh, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, and Pepe's in the mix. So it's like you're, you're still looking at guys. Like sending Roberts and Cirillo down more, like for a third season, I, I don't know what that does you. You know, now it's it's a work in progress with this club. You know, they don't have an optimal situation. If that club was in, if North Texas was in USL Championship, oh, absolutely, send him. Yeah, that's beautiful. But you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a gap that's not quite right, and I don't know that there's a better solution until FC Dallas manages to get a team into the USL Championship, or until the USL One comes up in performance. Now, maybe it's tough ask to see them get into the championship because the USL doesn't want those teams in the championship, right? They want those teams in USL 1. Yeah. So I just think we need a further evolution of USL 1. Over time, North Texas will become a better and better and better option for these guys. But for some of these dudes, it may never be right. They may I, I, FC Dallas really needs to look outside their own system and find the right opportunity, the right relationship to get these guys loaned to teams whether it's just purely hypothetical now, whether it's like a Byron uh, 2 that plays in Bundesliga 3. I mean, that's a pre-existing relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or if the Club Bruce thing happens with Reynolds, maybe you can tack something on there, like let it, let's loan you a Roberts, maybe. That's in Belgium. That's a league he might do well in, you know? they they got to find some other possibility, possible ways to pay off these invested players, these signed players that are pro-level players that aren't maybe first-team MLS ready this second, you know? There's, there's some work to be done here. Yeah, and and even, um, and I think this is probably more Roberts than anything, um, you know, there are definitely instances, we've both been around uh, youth soccer for long enough to know, there are plenty of instances where there is a really super talented player, a club that really d- does well developing super talented players, but it's not necessarily the fit. Um, Roberts, in this case, uh you know, uh, you, you'd love to have him playing as a ten, and that's not really something that FC Dallas is is doing so much at the minute. And if they did, they've I mean, we've, there's the arguments about uh, Ricarte and Paxton and Jesus and and anyone else. I mean, even Tessman can play there in a pinch. Um, you know, sometimes it, sometimes in these situations, it is just a case of a player goes away and they find a groove with a another club and you see him kind of rise up in the, in the league and some people kind of curse it as if the the team or the player has failed somehow but it's just uh just one of those things yeah it'll be interesting to watch dan over the next year or two maybe as dallas has now trended towards buying some of these prime of career veterans you know, we've talked about we, both signings this winter, Ricarte for sure. You could even go back to Acosta and Hara, you know, guys that are, some of those guys may be over the hill, but that's different. You know, if you're a 17-year-old a Dante Seeley and you see them buy a 25-year-old wing, what are you thinking right now? Or Brandon Cervania when Ricarte comes in and Roberts when Ricarte comes in, you have to be thinking, boy, I got to find – Clearly, Roberts has done this. <laughs> you got, I got to find a place to play. You know, so, so it'll be interesting to watch over the next year or two if these homegrowns that don't cross the gap, if they don't make the Paxson or Jesus leap into playing time and into the big contract, how hard these kids start pushing to get out of Dallas on loan or on a sale to somewhere where they can play. Because these are prime years, 17 to 22. Not playing is not good for those guys. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the benefits of the academy system over the guys that go to college. They are playing, they are getting minutes in those formative years and you know, so sitting on sitting them down, it's just kind of a waste of time. 
But uh, you mentioned Jesus and getting playing time, and uh, we also had the uh, under-23 and senior team uh, camps for the national team, and uh, Jesus sitting on there, Brian Reynolds, and uh, Tanner Tessman. Yeah, what's interesting is that uh, I, I had Tessman pegged as a starter for the U-20s. Uh, Roberts could have been in that mix. You know, Pappy would have been in that mix. Seeing Tessman jump up to the U-23 team is interesting. Uh, that's that's really impressive. Uh, Jesus was a no-brainer. That, I mean, Jesus has been in senior camps. It was, it was obvious he would get the, t- the tap. Um, Brian and Reynolds, I find curious. I don't know what you think about this, Dan. I, I'm not sure that he'll be going to that. I mean, if if this deal closes with Juve or Roma or Bourges or whoever, he's going to be heading off to Europe. I mean, I'm almost shocked that they even bothered to call him in, frankly. I mean, I, I don't know anything on this one, but... I can't imagine that he's going to go to U.S. Master Teams camp the week he signs with Juventus or Roma. <laughs> you know, that's not happening. Oh. No, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you uh, you put the invite out, and if he, if something gets held up, then you've you've still got him. Um, obviously, FC Dallas like to take the approach of, well, he's still our player, so stop talking about him. Um, <laughs> buzz. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm sure that that was probably the communication with uh, with Jason Christ. As, hey, he's still an FC Dallas player. Treat him as an FC Dallas player. Yeah. Well, the one missing big name, of course, is Paxton. He would have been involved in this mix for sure if he was healthy. Um, and side note, Tanner Tessman, obviously, in terms of U.S. camp, has moved ahead of Brandon Cervania, too. Brandon was considering that Puerto Rico call-up, obviously, and has chosen the Byron bit, it seems quite clear, over Puerto Rico, which I don't blame him for. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question, to watch, it's an interesting situation to watch how these things all change and move and flux. And it's exciting to have guys fill in at that U23 level. Uh, one name to throw in the hat, if, if Brian does indeed not go, keep an eye on Kevin Bonilla, perhaps, as a in he's a U20 right back and has actually floated up with a U23 team before too because you know Dallas produces quality players that can handle that level yeah it, it did look I mean I'm not overly familiar with every player in the pool obviously but um, from what a lot of a lot of what I saw was I'm talking about loading up on right backs and then uh, one of the 12 players called up to the senior team as a right back that nobody ever thought was getting a chance so uh, you know, it definitely seems like it's kind of a uh, build for the possibility. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, only having those those 12 senior players, you mentioned Jesus. Uh, we always talk about his uh, tweener status where we don't really know where he belongs. Uh, but, you know, when the national team's still relying on, on Josie on Outdoor, really, it's fair game for anyone that is a striker to you know, or any kind of attacking player to really be in there and, and try and get in the mix to take those minutes. Yeah, by all reports, uh, Bearhalter quite liked Jesus, you know, when he was in camp last time. Uh, you know, a, a best hope for, uh, if you're an FC Dallas fan, best hope, I think, is that maybe this camp will rejuvenate Jesus and get him back going. I, you know, I think the idea that he's probably going to play more in the front line this year just based on the roster numbers we're seeing you know, the jettisoning of wingers and, and lack of replacing all those wingers, you know, maybe maybe that can be a move that'll happen this year is Jesus playing in the front line where he belongs, you know. Hopefully coming out of this camp will be good for him. Definitely. It'll be a great thing to see. Um, so 
we've got that coming up uh, later in the month. Uh, we're also starting to get into that crucial time of the season where FC Dallas starts uh, ramping up, building up a few depth options with the uh, MLS Super Draft coming up in the next fortnight. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've done any deep dives into the players available, you know, and that's coincided partially because of the decreasing value of the college draft. In particular, Dan, you know, but you know this, this year is going to be a really weird one because of the COVID situation. Everybody in college got a blanket one year extension of their eligibility. So we don't even know who actually is going to be in the draft. It's, it could be a really weird way for a draft. They even truncated it by a round, I think, because of the pars- scarcity excuse me, of players that are going to be available. So it's a weird one. Yeah, I tried taking a look at the list of eligible players, and it still shows uh, well Derek Wardock's on it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's kind of difficult to know who um, MLS hasn't really been that proactive with uh, you know what the procedures are going to be for eligible players or or putting those lists out. And I know NWSL have they've kind of reformed their draft a little bit. Um, one of the things were to change the eligibility criteria and registration because they would they were pretty notorious for putting like an eligible player list then a registered player list then an amended list and then the day before list and all these other things so uh, which makes it great for us because you know if there's any local players and i could easily track them uh, unfortunately uh, and particularly with mls's way of just eh, we don't really know we'll we'll tell you when it happens i guess um, it's going to make it a little difficult. I mean, obviously they're then not doing a like the in-person draft this year, so it's going to be it's going to be certainly different. Maybe uh, they're not. Maybe they're kind of just going to mail it in a little bit. But you know, that's always been um, one of FC Dallas's places to pick up uh, centre backs, uh, whether it's depth pieces or, or starters and. And they certainly need a depth piece there. So is there anything else you think maybe that they could look for in the draft? Yeah, they're they're picking for 22nd in the first round, which is by the time you get to that level, you're kind of looking at, you know, crapshoot level, 50-50 maybe, bomb in the rough kind of level. So the, you're not really assured of anything. And then your next picks are at 48th, 75th, 76th, and 79th. Those are North Texas soccer club picks. Those are not... MLS picks really they only have the one pick that they're going to have a chance to do anything um, I agree with you that center back's a good shout just because you're still not 100% on Bur- I mean they love Burgess but he's not like walk in and he can't play yet and Justin Chase 17 so with really your only backup is either uh, Brisson or the new guy which everyone isn't starting so you you could you could easily see a you know senior level draft pick, you know, closest ready to start center back. You can find is a good shout. The other thing that occurred to me was right back. Now, you know, they draft, they signed Eddie Manjoma last year, homegrown. Presumably they like him and he looked really good with North Texas. I've talked a lot about Emma Tomasi getting a shot, but neither one of those things are locks, right? Those things are question marks. I don't think, uh, Majoma's ready. And, Emma's a conversion. So it's like, unless you're convinced that Ryan Hollingshead should be right back or Johnny Nelson should be one or the other. So I don't think right back's a bad idea either on taking a flyer there, maybe just to sort of, just maybe with that second round pick possibly, or the first round, depending on what falls to you, you know, that's really it. Cause like, you know, 
probably really, Dan, at 22nd, you'll have to be like best player available, I suppose. Yeah. But it's not likely you're going to get, you're going to pick a guy. Let's say you, you go for a six. Do you have a six better than Evan Surreal? Do you have an eight better than Tanner in there? Or even Nicky Hernandez, don't forget him. They they stole him out of what probably a first round pick, you know, from SMU by signing to North Texas directly. Um, that's a savvy move. You know, so you would that that's like a if you even if you thought I, I wouldn't mind a flyer on an eight, well they did it already. That's Nikki. You know, wing maybe. Go for some wing depth, maybe if you're not sure about uh Darth Hader who's coming in, or if you're not sure about Jesus's conversion back or, or Paxson's health. Maybe maybe a flyer on a wing, maybe. You know, like like Cal Jennings last year that didn't pay off or you know. And, and certainly you're going to have an eye on North Texas. You know, there's no combine this year, no MLS combine, but sporting Kansas city put one together. And I know for a fact, Dallas, some Dallas sent some people, including Eric Quill went. So, you know, they're definitely going to be picking people with an eye on North Texas soccer club for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always even the option of uh, bundling up picks and then enough to Austin and getting something like a, an international mm. roster spot or some, some allocation money of some form. Yeah, I would recommend bundling all your picks and getting rid of them. Even the 22nd pick, I'm like, who cares? You, you know, you probably need an international spot based on the idea that I think they're going to sign a DP and there's lots of reports out there that they're still trying to get, you know, these various options that keep getting floated, none of whom have we heard anything on this end. All I ever get on this end is, yeah, one more player. I don't, you know, who it's going to be. It probably is changing all the time. You know, that that's involved in the mix of the Reynolds sale. How much money are we going to get for Reynolds might be dictating how much money that you, you can spend on this said player that you're after, which, by the way, I still think is a nine, but I could be wrong. could be a winger. And not Deneno, most importantly. It, it does not look like Deneno. Like I told you, I only really had the one nibble on that, and it, that was more of a they're going to get a guy. Maybe Deneno is the guy. It was It was more about being they're getting a guy, you know. So I, I, I'm pretty sure I never said it was going to be Deneno by no, any no, stretch. That, was, that you know. was definitely something that came from uh, you know, from Mexico. All over Mexico. And then there was some guy in Uruguay, I think. People sent me a link to that. Somebody, I, I, I don't know anything about that guy either. There was the the other winger from, was it Portugal, that is, is now going to somebody in New York that we always thought was a non-starter in Dallas. Um you know, there, there clearly there's some activity, though, right? I mean, we, we think we're pretty sure something's happening just from what we see reported. And my people are telling me, too, oh, yeah, there's one more coming. So, again, waiting on the Reynolds money more than likely is my is the read on that. So, you know, as you say, they might need the international spot, uh, which will be better than all these picks. You know, I mean, Eric Quill's good about going out and finding guys that didn't get picked <laughs> for the team. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously we know North Texas is going to be a complete rebuild next season. Um, yeah, that's that's this uh, this idea we talked about over the last month or two, the idea that um, there's a very, very short window with North Texas of about two seasons. And then if you're not showing that MLS progression towards it, even if they don't think you maybe don't project all the way, if you're not project, if you're not making progression towards it, they're going to move on, you know, and that's, that's what happened with Damus. That's what happened with Breck Evans. You know, it's it's what happened with half of the internationals they've signed each year. It's like, you know, we're not seeing it, you know. I was going to say that it's actually a perfect uh, segue to uh, the news that Ronaldo Damus uh, joined Orange County SC. Yeah, really good choice, actually. They're, that's a solid club. It's been around a few years. They even have a foreign relationship 
Uh, I can't remember who it's with. Is it Rangers that they have a relationship with? Uh, if um, it's Orange, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good point. Um, but good for Damus. You know, he's always talented enough to be in the USL level. That's his level, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's going to be looking at a move to Rangers, but... Um, you know, good move for him. I think that's a good that's a good pickup. You know, solid organization, not a fly by night, never a brand new organization. Yeah, definitely. And I, I saw a little bit of disappointment among FC Dallas fans that you know that he hadn't had a loan out in USL Championship, and maybe he could have been good enough for MLS. But you know, it's always worth pointing out that Lucci and the coaches they see him in, in training every day. Any time, well, in pre-COVID times, you know, he was training with FC Dallas at times against MLS players, and you know, you get a pretty clear gauge for for where a player can get to. And you know, he was he was an outside chance really from when they signed him as an eighteen-year-old uh, for the academy. Yeah, they actually arranged a loan for him last year to a fringe European team that was in a colder sort of part of Europe, and he turned it down to stay with North Texas. So, you know, I, I think a certain amount of comfort level for that kid is probably important. You know, he was comfortable here and probably will be comfortable in LA. So not quite LA, but you know what I mean? So I think it's a good move for him. I, I, I do think that I agree with the assessment that I, I never saw the MLS level in him. He was too one dimensional for me. The touch was too loose. Um, the decision-making was too chunky. So I never thought he was going to make make it to MLS, but uh, I do think he's a, a solid pro and is perfectly fine uh, in USL. That's a good spot for him. Well, one guy that uh, FC Dallas are hoping can make that step up is uh, David Rodriguez, who uh, appears to be on a six-month loan to Atletico San Luis in Mexico. Yeah, he um, this year, this last year, over the course of the season. With North Texas, we we saw David less and less, and he was playing with the U19 team more and more. Now, is some of that on the coaching decisions? Is some of that on on him? Uh, there's a little bit of this missing progression that we're talking about. We're not seeing quite the step forward. Now, is he because if he's not getting the playing time, you know, it's hard to say. You know, but you got to do more in training, maybe. I, I do think as talented a player as he is and as talented of a passer, and as he does have the ability to break a game with his passing. I mean, he was the creative force behind the U-17s a year and a half ago. There is a little bit of athleticism missing, just that little bit of what it's going to take to make it at the highest level, in MLS terms anyway. So, uh, you know, not a bad shout to, to go down to Mexico. I don't know anything about Atletico San Luis, to be honest. You know, if it's a chance for him to get some fresh ideas and a fresh outlook and revitalize himself and and find something, you know, and find something in his game and then come back raring, or even if they like him enough to buy him and give him a future, you know, that's terrific. I mean, we always want all these kids to succeed. And if this is what gets it going for him, and to me that sounds like a fantastic, without knowing anything about the club, what an opportunity to go down there and spend it the next six months you know, compete and see what you can do, you know? Why not? Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that the uh, the Rodriguez brothers were born in Mexico, so it's not, uh, you know, they're, they they bypass any foreigner rule or anything like that. So, you know, a, a try before you buy would be uh, yeah. would be pretty good for him. Um, you know, one of the things with, with David is he is a very small player, 
which in his 17s was fine because he wasn't that much smaller than other guys. Um, but he doesn't, like you say, he doesn't have that athleticism like a like a Michael Barrios or uh, even a, it's like a Santiago Mascara where they've got that pace, they've got a bit of stockiness, that bit of muscle. Yeah, they can get a guy off a ball. Even even Mauro Diaz, you know, it's uh, it's a very very slight kid. Um, maybe just needs to hit the gym or, or do something. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like how Thomas Roberts is working with a trainer because Thomas Roberts is a he's a beanpole kid and he plays a position where some centre back is going to take your head clean off. Yeah, Pablo Arangis is probably a good comparison too. Really talented yes. player, maybe just not gritty enough for MLS or, or, you know, doesn't have that little something extra in pace or burst that, 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 I mean, listen, MLS is a super athletic vertical league can really great creative players that are not quite as quick succeed in lots of league around the world. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe not MLS. Uh, and, and David, you know, funny thing about David, you mentioned that he was born in Mexico. He actually was young enough when he came here that he's very good at English, very fluent, uh, which is fun, the funny because Arturo is not. Arturo came here later in his life and has never really, while he speaks some English, it's not. It's, a, it's really funny to talk to the two of them because one of them is, you can hardly tell he has any Spanish at all. And the other one is really blocky, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So good kids, both of them. I'm super excited too that Arturo is going to Phoenix Rising. That's another club that's got ambition and a big organization and probably will really fit a guy of his style. That's a great style fit, Phoenix Rising, for Arturo too. Yeah, and they're eternally kind of one of the best attacking teams, one of the best teams, period. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it would be good to see him uh, kind of show what he could do after that uh, the whole RSL deal because, you know, that was just he was in a bad situation. That's yeah. a crappy organization. Yeah, that, that was a bad coaching fit too. That was a team that – you know, had a very vertical, physical, trackish kind of style mm-hmm. from coming from their coach, and Arturo was a bad fit there. You know, and then of course, once the organization went south, he's he's like, I gotta get, I gotta come back. You know, and we saw again the minute he showed up here how how talented he really is. You know, yeah. uh, again, a player who obviously FC Dallas has decided that doesn't project to MLS, and it's the same sort of bite thing with him. You know, that's a kid they've had since he was 17. They've had tons and tons of looks at him. They've chosen not to sign him a couple of times now. So it's clearly not in the cards for him with FC Dallas. But perfectly talented player and perfectly good enough for USL, certainly in my mind, um, you know, can make him carve himself out a pro career, I think, quite easily. You know, he's going to have to work at it. He's going to go out there and prove it. But plenty of talent for USL in my mind. Three years ago, out of the game completely and – you know, uh, looking at uh, having a, a professional career in second tier, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's great if you can get it. Yeah, and, and his his best ability probably is his big game rise to the occasion mentality. You know, he won the Dallas Cup for Dallas. You know, he, for FC Dallas, he, he won or helped win in NTX Championship the first year. You know, he's a big moment guy which sometimes it's hard to spot that. And, and if they can, if he gets an opportunity in USL, I think he's going to rise to the occasion. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the occasion, we've got a uh, force majeure clause called and now uh, MLS may be up in the air. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Uh, big picture, what we know is that um, by executing that clause, they've 
they, they've given themselves the opportunity, MLS has to basically just throw out the CBA. So their opening offer to the players is that they want to accept this current CBA, but they want to extend it by two years. So what does that mean? Why would they do that? Well, what it means is, is that MLS just lost a, a billion dollars and they're, they're saying to the players, we won't ask you to take a pay cut this year. We'll pay you what all the players have agreed to, but and give us some, a, some financial security in return and extend this current CBA, the one they just negotiated, by two years. That means it'll go through 2027. Specifically, that means it'll go past the World Cup that's going to be here in 2026, right? Mm-hmm. So the, basically, they're, they're offering the players, this is the opening volley, trade us a little bit on the back end for security now. You know, we're willing to lose money this year. Us, the league, will lose money this year and pay you what you have negotiated. But on the back end, it's going to come back to us a little bit by giving us an extra two years. So that's the current opening trade-off. Now we'll see. Will the players bite on that? Uh, probably not. You know, the first offer is obviously way below where you want to think it's going to end up. You know, this is just the opening offer. They're probably assuming that they'll be moved back towards the middle, if you will. So they have like a month to negotiate this thing before they'll basically just tear it up and like lock the players out or something. I mean, who knows what it'll actually be, but um, it's entirely possible it could affect the beginning of the season. I don't think it'll go so far as to be like a lockout or strike situation. I think too many of the MLS players are not millionaires. They're just, you know, they make comfortable livings, relatively speaking, but they're probably not set up financially for these big shutdowns in, in employment, you know? They can't afford to not play. They, their, their, their marketing agreements with whatever sporting goods probably are impacted pretty heavily by not playing. So they don't, they don't have like the NBA players big time money in their pocket to be able to really fight it hard. I imagine there'll be a little bit of pushback and they'll meet somewhere in the middle. They'll get it done, I think. Yeah. And there's definitely there's two, there's two distinct uh, ways you can look at this uh, two-year extension. Uh, you know, first is MLS coming in cap in hand and saying guys we've lost last year we're losing this coming year uh, there's not going to be crowds there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with travel and whatnot and and the cost of all the testing and everything else really until the vaccines like spread around and 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 kind of you know things can go back to some sense of normality um the alternate view is uh, this was the CBA that lined up the TV deal with the CBA. Right. So the, really the players were going to get to have that immediate impact. Now it's going to, if it does extend two years, the league is going to have that two years in hand before they have to pay the players uh, the the kind of appropriate rise. Yeah. Uh, which, it, they do have that clause in there, Dan, if you remember. Like, it's like a hundred, if the TV goes up like 100 mil, then they can X, Y, and Z kick in. You know, and if I remember correctly, the current TV deal runs out end of 2022. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's right after, uh, you know, World Cup. So um, it's an interesting question. It's a lot of lot of money on the line here, a lot of weighing of now versus a little bit later. Do, do I need this to get through that or vice versa? So, again, probably meet in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. Just uh, hopefully it uh, doesn't drag us out to uh, a late start to the season. Well, the the one upside to that would be that it, the later the season starts, the better chance that you or I can get a vaccine and actually be able to cover the team again. 
So there is <laughs> that. I mean, I'm not going to be selfish or anything, but you know, it would be nice. Oh yeah, it's just when we're uh, when we're looking at an Olympic year and running into uh, sorry, not an Olympic year. Yeah, an Olympic yeah, year, Olympic year and yeah. then uh, coming into next year, which will be the World Cup as well. It's going to be uh, it's going to be absolutely chaotic. Yeah, lots of qualifiers this year. I just put up today a thing on the website, a calendar should that, that I included all the qualifier dates. Uh, it's going to be a heavy, you know, no U20 so that, that Dallas doesn't lose those guys other than Tessman. You know, no U17, so no loss of Che or whoever else might have been in that mix. You know, uh, some academy guys will probably miss out on that 17 like uh, um, Antonio Carrera. But um you know, it's still going to be a load of call-ups and, and, and national team camps and both Olympics and national senior national teams. So there'll be a lot of squad rotation for Dallas this year. And you talk about the age groups, that's uh, that's World Cup and CONCACAF championships. So, yeah. You know, a significant number of games uh, that will affect players. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I'm, I, you mentioned on that Q&A that um, doing this uh, an article about how uh, – how things are in, in England with the new transfer system after Brexit and how that affects FC Dallas players. And one of the big things is uh, the points that they get for playing in these youth tournaments. So to not have those is is really, you know, it potentially robs players of transfers to, to England or Scotland. Yeah, one of, the, one of the things I find interesting thinking about these things in hindsight, Dan, is that, you know, we, we've been talking a bunch about how Dallas has gone out and signed these veterans that are more in the prime of their career mm-hmm. well none of these guys they've gotten except for acosta are in national teams they're all going to be available like the whole year yeah. whereas the youth the play the kids system sc dallas's kids are just chock full of those national teams they're going to be you remember that thing i wrote a year ago but all these like there was like 15 players they're going to be missing at one time or another i do wonder if they they were looking ahead to this year here 2021 and thought we better sign a couple of veterans who won't be missing. And then, of course, the 17s and the 20s got canceled. <laughs> now, they're still going to have the seniors in the Olympics, but uh, I wonder if that was part of their thinking in terms of 2021 and 2022. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago that uh, FC Dallas benefited in a similar way during the Gold Cup uh, when they played RSL, and RSL had like five players in, uh, in the tournament, and FC Dallas maybe had one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the teams that were one of the better teams in the league for you know, six weeks were absolutely terrible, and it, it kind of distorts the table if you can, you know, if you can construct your roster in a way to get around it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pays off. There might be some real forethought that it comes for, to fruition for the club here, you know, with these guys, with these mid mid career veterans that don't get called up. You know, it reinforces too, Dan, this idea of this two tiers inside this club now. We talked about this a little bit over the towards the end of the season. The idea that you have these players, this one chunk of the club, that's these veteran players that they're coming in and bringing in. And they're going to be here. They're not going to get called up. They're going to compete every day in MLS. And then you have this other part of the club, which is about progressing the players from the academy, getting them into national teams, getting them loans, get making you know, eventually selling them on to make money. Are those two facets of the club's in, in check with each other, working with each other, or is there almost a splitting inside the club with how this is going to work? And are those two things pulling against each other in some ways? It'll be interesting to see how the evolution of the club happens with those two major pulling factors now 
clearly in evidence. Definitely, as my uh, dog clearly had an opinion Doggy. on that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm thinking this uh, maybe a bit enough of MLS right now. Uh, how about we talk some Roja League? Oh, support local soccer, love it. Absolutely, and uh, you know some sweet kits too. Yeah. Oh, dude, the the black Denton Diablos kit is fantastic. Mm. It does look nice. I'm not a big fan of hexagon Puma jersey, but in black that did look pretty sweet. And the hoop yeah. socks just yeah, oh, just I- finished it. I'm generally speaking, I'm not a fan of the all-black kits. They're overkill. But that hexagonal pattern on that particular kit was terrific. And the black shorts with it is fine because, the, as you say, the red and black hoop socks set it off. And that was – you could have gone with solid red socks as well. But either way, phenomenal. Yeah, that looked great. Uh, so we had the semifinals uh, yesterday since we were recording on Thursday as usual. Uh, I was going to go down to uh, 4OSC uh, to, to see Michelle and co, but I fell a bit sick in the day, and I was like, no, I need my sleep. Screw so this. it's your fault I got eliminated? It, it's probably my fault, yeah, because um, I would have had the uh, the valid roster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first game was in Denton, the, the Denton derby, uh, first seed. Estudiantes looking to make it two years, in, uh, not two years, two tournaments in a row. Uh, game finishes nil nil, and Adrian Pinales, who is, uh, I want to say he's like 35 now, still looks like he's uh, 23 when he's playing, <laughs> steps up to score the winning penalty for the Diablos. Yeah, I, I thought Damon tweeted out that he had been like in their very first tryout camp ever, and like his, like, is now basically their longest serving player which is only a couple of years but still yeah. it was cool to see him be the big guy yeah i remember when i went to see him play fort worth in the last tournament um i asked damon like, oh who's that guy what's his what's his story and he's like oh you know he's uh from i can't remember if he's a guatemala or mexico but he's like yeah he's a showed up to our first uh tryout and i was like this roster says like 35 he's not 35 he's like no no he really is and then <laughs> he's like up and down the wing he's a you know move, yeah uh just yeah, absolute grind out kind of player that you want on any team. The guy that you would hate to play against because every time he turn around, he'd be ten yards down the field annoying you. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, here a little closer to me in North Dallas, uh, FC Harrington and Foro, which was the game that got uh, postponed or abandoned, I should say, and had been a bit of a, a heated affair. Uh, FC Harrington took a three-one half uh, first half lead, uh, and it sorry it was four. It was the f- number one seed, not Estudiantes. Right. Yeah. Um, tied up, they tied up late, but uh, Harrington pulled it out five-three on uh, penalties. That's Kevin Benia's team. So they will go on to Saturday's final in uh, Denton at Texas Women's University to uh, to play the Diablos for the awesomely three D printed. Roja League in Vienna. In Vienna, yeah. Yeah, I can't I, say it. I was surprised to find a former Portland Timber player on Foro's roster. That was fascinating to yeah. discover. So that was, I mean, we talked about, we went through the rosters when we originally got sent them, and that's kind of where we looked at, you know, Premier Legends looked kind of all right because that was FC Dallas Premier 01, which was Jesus Ferreira's old team, uh, the Tonkinson kid that plays for Norwich City's old team. You know, that looked like a team that should do something and weirdly finish bottom on one point um and then estudiantes some great college players there 
Um, and, and in four, it was like this team of, they had some decent young guys, uh, whose names are escaping me. One's a, a left back and one's a striker. Oh, uh, they got Arturo, Toro Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. But he yeah. didn't play in the end, did he? No, he, he played in the, yeah, he was played in the last couple of games. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, it's a couple of pictures of him. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. they had, uh, Malik Henry Scott, who was, uh, you know, one of the guys we've talked about a lot with the Academy. Oh, I like well. him. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. Uh, really nice as a lone striker. I've got to say, um, but then they mixed it in quite a few older defenders, a few guys that had played uh, in Europe, in South America, and in MLS. And yeah, I, I really like the balance of that team. Yeah, uh, I, I would have liked to have seen Estudiantes for as a final, but um, you know, it'd be cool to see uh, two teams that pulled off a couple of upsets and a couple of uh, penalty shootout upsets, no less. Yeah, Harrington was one of the best defensive teams most of the season, and then they found some offensive legs at the end. Um, and I tell you that those those four O Harrington, there's some heat there. Yeah. Like as I looked up the game on YouTube, and some of the comments back and forth are woo. <laughs> you know, there's definitely a rivalry there going on with those two teams. Yeah, yeah. Harrington is an interesting one because they're a young team, um, but they're also kind of a, a bit of a rough team. Um, definitely, when I saw them play against Premier Legends, you know, I watched one of the Premier Legends players get kneecapped which wasn't pretty uh, another guy gets sent off it was uh you know and they ground out a 1-0 win um just yeah you know bloody your nose and, and kind of that that sort of team so it'll be interesting to see uh if if Diablos can can really uh keep up with that because that's a, a lot of what they're gonna see in this uh well assuming they make it through the first round of the u.s open cup this is you know kind of like the players taking their moment uh sort of games that you'll see yeah the the open cup teams are going to be quite interesting because you know you can't use the college kids they all gotta buckle down and and find like north texas Rados does <laughs> you know full slates of players that can, are eligible that can compete at that high level yeah, and and it's kind of shown uh, through this, you know, uh, Vaqueros found their feet towards the end, missed out on goal difference. Uh, Diablos found their feet and, you know, ended up uh, third seed. The they they did they did pretty well with these these new teams of the not college kids. Yeah, the, it, the whole in, uh, Inverno League was pretty. Now, granted, it's only seven games, so that makes it tighter. But there was a the, the whole top. Was it six? We're all within like a point or two of, you know, three of each other. And, you know, there was a lot of movement on the last day. Uh, some really competitive games across the board, other than your buddies, Premier Legends, who just had a really rough go of it. Yeah, uh, Irving FC, who's moving up to MPSL, they needed a little help too. But, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's just wonderful to see these local soccer happening. And, and I hope people will go out and support it and give it a chance. It's not MLS, we know. But it's pretty damn competitive. I mean, it's just about the best level of soccer you're going to find in here. That that's not kids in the Metroplex. That's not these kids that are signed to these full professional contracts. You know, it's pretty competitive. It's pretty fun. I'm I'm gonna try and oh, uh, you know what? I can't make it out. Sorry. Dang it. Never mind. I'm gonna yeah, be. I can't either. I wanted to. Yeah. That's a, here I am talking about supporting, and then I can't go. I'm but actually you working. Know what, what, you know what we did find out in the uh, in the uh, Patreon exclusive Discord server. There are quite a few people in there that, that are listeners and subscribers that do go to those games. Yeah. And just in case anyone listening doesn't know what Dan's talking about, uh, we've recently added to the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash third degree, a Discord service 
for anyone that subscribes at $5 and up. So it's a pretty exclusive uh, FC Dallas community where we can talk amongst ourselves about some of the higher level stuff going on. Uh, you know, it's a perk for people trying to drive this thing forward, Dan, trying to get it going. Oh, it's, so. it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's, there's memes, there's kit uh, nerding, there's some great FC Dallas uh, chatter, North Texas SC, in, in uh, Roja League, even stuff in Europe, it's uh, a lot of oh, even some uh, even some nice Scotch and bourbon talk last night. Oh yeah, that's true. Last night there was some good talk about booze. It was a good night for drinking. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, but uh, you know, it's it's great to uh, to see a community of of people interested in uh, local soccer at all levels. Yeah, patreon.com slash third degree. You get the uh, third degree burns I do almost every day. And then if you're at the $5 level and up, you can join in the Discord and get that high level uh, chatter going. Well, if there are no further objections, thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan, our wonderful Patreon subscribers who keep the lights on. Pappy Check for the amazing intro music, Buzz for your excellent input, and of course, Soccer 90. Third Degree listeners get 40% off site-wide with promo code ThirdDegree, that's the number three, at Soccer90.com, so treat yourself to a new jersey or scarf. That's it from us, uh, but maybe we'll even have Peter back next week for another edition of Third Degree, the podcast. Buzz was supposed to whisper it. Peter Welton, where are you? Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third degree, the third degree never gets.